0: The popular notion of hit songwriting seems to be you have an emotional experience, you take what you just felt, you put it down into words, and preferably while gazing thoughtfully out on a country landscape from the window of a writing nook or a tour bus as America goes streaking by. The fact is, writing a song does take inspiration, but it also takes perspiration and determination and a combination of dreamy idealism, wide-open realism, and bullheaded denialism. Okay, I know that's not a word, but after speaking with our next guest for this fourth episode of our podcast, I think it works. This is Write You a Song. (laughs) Bryce Long grew up on a farm where he learned the value of hard work. After graduating Middle Tennessee State, he moved to Nashville to pursue a singing career. And for a while, he had one opening for artists like Eddie Rabbit. But in 1996, he signed a writing deal with Reba's Starstruck Entertainment. And although he continued to toil away and had album cuts recorded by artists like his one-time roommate, Daryl Worley, it really wasn't until 2004 that Bryce had his first legitimate chart-topper, a song he wrote for Gary Allen.
1: With nothing on but Radio. feel the music soft and slow. you and me and last down low. with nothing on but the radio
0: and along the way his songwriting credits piled up he wrote more album cuts for people like Chris Stapleton George Strait Reba McIntyre. and then in 2009 he had another hit Casey James let's don't call it a night when you're next to me there's no place I'd
1: rather be Everything is feeling so right So baby, let's don't call it a
0: night But it really wasn't until 2014 that Bryce hit his stride with a monster hit for Randy Hauser. Hang my hand like a pew. And since then, he's written some other monster country hits that we'll get into. Bryce Long's story is also the story of a lot of other songwriters in Nashville. Hang in there, never quit believing in yourself, and never give up. Bryce Long, welcome to write you a song. Give us your origin story. How did you? How did you become a songwriter?
1: My grandmother played piano in church, and I, I began singing as a you know kid. Um, man you know probably four or five years old i guess and then after that i just you know really fell in love with country music and started listening to as much of it as i could and you know and kind of gravitating towards songs that really meant something to me and then out of that i start to look to see who you know wrote them and see the back of the album covers and then the cassette and the you know, uh, records that I loved and just trying to figure out, you know, the whole process. And then as a kid, probably I'm thinking somewhere around middle school. Uh, I probably wrote my first song, I guess, some goofy song about a girl I had a crush on. And-
0: then I, I I have to ask, uh, because, you know, this this is supposed to be an in-depth <laughs> interview. Can you remember <laughs> any of the lyrics from that song? And would you mind sharing them with us?
1: Man, I can remember some of them, but I don't want to share them because they're really bad. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing of it is, is I still know the girl really well that I wrote them about. She's been a childhood friend and dear friend of mine for years. And, and, uh, you know, it's funny. And I don't know that I've ever told her that my very first song I wrote about her, but... But uh, I'll keep that one under my hat, pal. I, uh, were you like rhyming? I don't know that I want to share that.
0: Were, were, were you rhyming like honey with lunch money?
1: Probably. <laughs> Probably. You know, there was a whole lot of very simple uh, rhymes in that thing, sure. I, I can tell you. It's funny to think about, and I don't remember all of it, but it's just funny to think about a few lines in it. And you, you think about how simple and elementary they were. But at the time, you know, I mean, heck, you're just uh, – you know you're just doing doing kind of what you what you feel and and at that point the cool part about it too is um you know i didn't know enough to to kind of uh second guess myself you know i was just kind of kind of letting it just kind of fall out and mm-hmm. thought it was good you know at the time i just i just was doing my thing and and uh you know didn't uh, critique myself i guess as much as i do these days i just kind of let it happen
0: I love it, uh, and, and one of the things that uh, I mean, you're, you're our fourth guest on this show. We've we've had it for four months now. We've talked with three other songwriters: uh, Brett Warren, Jeffrey Steele, Tim Nichols, and, and now including you. Uh, the one you know, real common denominator is you all have known from a very early age that this is this is what you were going to do. Music was was it. I, I, I'm assuming it's the same with you. You didn't have any other distractions. This was kind of a dream of yours from from very early on.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, Tom, I, I don't know that I always knew this was what I was going to do, but I can always say this is what I always wanted to do. Okay. Uh, I don't know that any of us knew, you know, hands down, this is what we were going to do. We've all had a dream and we, you know, I, I'm not you know, I'm not trying to put words in those other guys mouth. Cause I'm a fan of all three of those guys, a huge fan of all of them. And, and, uh, but we all, I'm sure had the desire and the want to, to do it. Um, you know, and, and along the way, man, we, we, you know, we've gotten lucky. lucky is the way I look at it. You know, God's blessed us all in a, in a, in a healthy way to, to be able to, you know, make a living doing what we love to do. And I always wanted to do it from the time I was a, kid watching hee-haw and the cma awards and and things uh anytime i could see a performance on tv and watch these guys and girls play play music and i always wanted to do it and and i can't honestly tell you i knew for a fact that i would i would be able to do it uh i knew i was going to give it my best shot and i knew i wanted to move to nashville and, and try it but um you know uh, I can't necessarily say I knew for a fact that I would be able to do this one day, uh, always hoped and prayed and dreamed I could, but man, you know, uh, um, along the way you have to have some, some, uh, you know, some really cool things happen to you that are really out of your hands, you know, because I know so many, so many, uh, talented great riders that aren't doing this anymore for a living. And man, there's, there's some of them that I consider a lot more talented than I am. Tom, honestly. And just to have the opportunity to continue to be able to be successful and do what I love for a living, um, man, I, I consider it a huge blessing and, and uh, something that I don't take for granted, man. Did you ever
0: have moments of doubt where you thought, well, this is it, I'm I'm done, I've hit the wall, I'm, I'm going to go back home and find something else?
1: Well, I, you know, I think anybody, uh, you know, I think we all have doubt. I I think it's whether we let it control us or not. I don't know anybody that's ever been successful in anything that said they didn't consider, you know, well, what if this doesn't work out? Um, You know, everybody wants to say uh, a lot of times, you know, I I came into this with, you know, no plan B, no, you know, we all want it to happen. And I don't think any of us really sat down and go, what's okay, I'm going to plan out my life in case this doesn't happen. You know, I I didn't plan out my life in case it didn't happen, but I also was real enough and uh, with myself. It's like, you know, if it doesn't, I'm going to have to figure something else out. But I was going to work as hard as I could work to make sure it happened. But for me to honestly tell you that I know without a doubt that that I was going to do this regardless, man, I can't tell you that. I can tell you I wanted it as bad as anybody's ever wanted it. Do you still do you still
0: have have doubts? Do you still, I mean, could be you've had obviously quite a bit of success, but do you still second guess yourself from time to time, or just maybe another way to put it is, do you think there's always room for improvement?
1: Oh man, yeah, Tom. I you know I, I try to improve every day. I think there's uh, you know I think there's always room for that, and I think if you ever get in your mind that you know it all, or you've seen it all, or you've done it all, then you know at that point I think it's time for you to go do something else. You know, and and I and I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of cool uh, writers coming up. Uh, you know that I, that I've had the chance to write with that have probably learned a lot from me. But man, you know, I got to pay attention and learn from them too because there's phrases and and uh, um, you know certain uh, ways to tell things in today's world that that I might say it different that they say it in maybe a cooler, hipper way. You know, and and. And if I don't pay attention to that, then, you know, my songs, when they get looked at, may not get cut. So, uh, you know, to answer that, I think, uh, you know, I, I think I learn something every day. At least I keep my eyes open enough to, 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 to hope I do. And, you know, Tom, to be honest with you, I hope a lot of people learn something from writing with me. You know, I I, I have learned a ton through the years, and I hope that Some of that stuff that I learned that rubbed off on me rubs off on other people, too. Younger writers that, you know, uh, learn something from what I do.
0: Is there any, like, one bit of golden advice that you pass along to them, or is it just kind of a a collection of of things that you've picked up over the years?
1: Well, you know, I think it's a collection of stuff, Tom. I think that I will say this, though, and and I can say this about, Uh, most all successful writers that I know that are really successful is, man, if you don't put in the hours and the work, the work doesn't come, then, you know, you might luck out and get on a song or two by being in the room or, or being in uh, the right place at the right time. But if you're going to be successful and do it for, you know, 24 or five years and then hopefully beyond, um, man, I think that's, that's work. I think that's just putting in the hours. I think that's uh, showing up every day and, and doing your best and, Trying to find ideas before you get in the room with people and and uh, looking for uh you know opportunities to get better and and staying you know kind of uh, current with your with your ideas and kind of current with what's going on in the business and whether you're a supporter you know a hundred percent or you you know or you wish you know maybe some things hadn't changed but you have to uh i think to be successful for many years i think you know, you really have to work hard at it, and you've also got to be open and, and not jaded and, and, uh, and you know, try to bring what you do to, uh, you know, to the new style of what's going on.
0: When you go into a room, uh, either by yourself or with other writers, do you go in with a blank slate, or are you constantly collecting ideas, and then when you have the time, you sit down and start sifting through those ideas and, and go, oh, well, this one might work?
1: Well, I think it's some of both. I think we, you know, I I know I do, you know, I have um, titles that I keep all the time on my phone and, and on my computer. And, uh, you know, some days I look at them and go, man, you, you, I don't know what you wrote that down for. You're crazy. And then, (laughs) you know, another week goes by and I may look at it and say that out loud and somebody go, oh my gosh, I love that. And, um, you know, and some things that, yeah, some things I start by myself and, and uh, some things I I just have titles that I, you know, uh, save for people that I think might like them, you know, whether it's an artist writer or, uh, you know, other songwriters that I know I'm always going to get a great song with because we've, you know, always hit that mark through the years. And, um, you know, I think all of us do that, you know, in a world of co-writing so much is kind of where we're at today, whether it's artist rights or other writers. Um, you know, I think we all owe it to ourselves as much as the other writers in the room to to have something. Whether it's the thing you write that day or not, you know, I feel like we all have to have something that day when we show up.
0: And can that something be a melody?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Melody, a title, a, you know, a few lines. um I mean, you know, I think it can be all that.
0: When you go into that writer's room and you sit down and you start writing, are you swinging for the fences and looking for a hit every time, or do you just let the song be what it is? And
1: Well, you know, Tom, in our business and state of business we are, you know, we're all wanting to write singles. I mean, we all want it radio airplay because, as you know, um, you know, the the sales are down and and uh, where a guy used to be able to have a publishing deal and recoup that deal based on a few songs that you know were mechanicals coming in, those days are gone. I mean, that, that's that's not going to happen very often.
0: And you're talking about uh, having so uh, cuts on uh, album cuts that never get released, mm-hmm, but because yeah. the album sells well, you're getting a cut of that money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, and I, I've I mean, I've had this conversation with writers have been here as long as I have that talk about you know writers that maybe didn't, you know, in a, in a pub deal year to year, didn't have a you know a big single on the radio, but they might have had two or three cuts on albums that sold platinum or double platinum or triple platinum back when we sold a lot of records, and they could recoup their advances based on, you know, just having cuts on records, and, man, those days are gone for us. So in our minds, I think we all sat down today wanting to write a hit. I think we all, you know, strive to write a, uh, something that will get played on radio But you also have to be mindful of a song that that I feel like, you know, needs to be written because it's the song. Um, And I don't I don't stand in the way of that. I never have. You know, I'll write somebody's idea or idea of mine knowing, man, I you know, it's probably never get on the radio, but I love it. I want to write it and maybe somebody will cut it and just put it on a record, you know, and. And you know I have writers that that are cool with that too, and they they go, "Man, I just love that idea. let's write it you know and if we can and if we can turn it in a way that maybe'll sound a little more commercial or a little more uh you know tempo as opposed to a ballad a mid that might get on the radio, then we're probably going to do that. I think you know you owe it to yourself because you know, you're wanting to stay in the business and, and uh, remain viable viable on, uh, for other writers to want to write with you. And, and I think the way you do that is to have success on radio because, um, you know, it's so important today.
0: Have you ever had one of those songs where you just wrote it to write it, uh, surprise you, and become a hit?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, yes, I can. And, and uh, the song was Anything Goes that Hauser cut, the very first
0: was single the first that single. Randy put out. Yeah.
1: And to be honest with you, John Wiggins and I wrote that song together, Tom, and I'll be the first one to tell you, and I think John would agree, that when we wrote that song, we thought, man, I don't know if anybody will ever cut this song uh, because it was so real and it was so honest, and John and I had both been there. We knew, we knew how the story was and what it was about, and, and uh, it was John's title. And I'll never forget when he told me that title. I, I was blown away. And I said, man, we got to write that. And we wrote most of it one day. And then uh, a few weeks or months went by and and uh, uh, kind of revisited it and and finished the song. And, um, man, I didn't know if it'd ever get cut, to be honest with you. Um, you know, at that time, there weren't a lot of real uh, lyrical country-esque ballads being cut. Uh, But I know when Randy said he first heard that song, he knew he would cut it. He wanted it that bad because he said, man, you know, I was there. I I knew that story. And you guys had written such a, you know, well-written song with a great melody I wanted to sing. And he said, I knew the first time I heard it, I wanted to cut it. Normally this time of night, you wouldn't find me here, I'd be reaching for a good night kiss instead of one more beer I never take a second look at the blind across the bar I Must less by her over and let things go this far but anything goes whenever
0: And speaking ran of Randy ran, Hauser, you also wrote day, a huge hit for him, in fact, nominated for CMA Song of the Year. So and one of the, to me, being in radio, one of the best showcase songs for a guy's vocal prowess that I've ever heard, and that's Like a Cowboy. When he hits that note at the end, it's like, I still, we played that song a thousand times and the hair on the back of my neck still stands up. do you remember when when you wrote that song and and did you know at that time it was going to go to randy and and that it was going to become the song that it became
1: oh yeah man randy and i wrote that song together and and uh randy you know Uh, Knew he was leaving show dog and and didn't have a record deal in place, but he needed the songs and so we had uh, You know booked two or three days to write and uh, you know the thing I love about him probably more than than anything is just his uh, You know his vocals man. I mean he to me is one of the best singers that this format has ever seen Um, you know, I, I think hands down uh, you know, he should have been male vocalist 10 times over in in CMA and ACM. And that's my opinion, but it'll always be my opinion because, like you said, to showcase a, a, a vocal, uh, Like a Cowboy really did that. And, and it was something Randy wanted to write, you know. he I remember him saying, you know how George and, and Garth always had those cowboy songs on their records? And I said, yeah. And he goes, man, I want to write one of those. And so we wrote Like a Cowboy. And, uh, I think Randy, uh, knew it from the day we wrote it, that he was going to cut it and wanted to put it out. And, uh, and God bless him for sticking to his guns, because I know it was the first thing that he and Derek George cut that got him the record deal at Stony Creek. Uh, but you know, it was the fourth single off that record. And I remember being kind of uneasy about it after they went one single, two singles, and the third single wasn't ours. And and Randy told me uh, on the bus, I was riding with him, and uh, uh, he said, man, I'm telling you, I will not leave this record until uh, this comes out as a single. I will not go on and make another record till this song comes out as a single. And, man, he stuck to his guns. And it was the fourth single off the record. And, and uh, like you said, it uh, uh, was a huge, huge hit for him. Uh, stayed on the charts about 45 or six weeks, I think. And, man, I'm just a, you know, I'm a fan. And He's a hell of a songwriter and a, a great guy and, and, in in my opinion, absolutely one of the best vocalists that, that country music's ever known.
0: And another artist that you've had a lot of success with lately is a guy that uh, we're quite familiar with. This podcast originates from KNCI Radio in Sacramento, and just down the road is uh, this place called Dixon, California, and that's where John Party grew up and is from, and We love everything about John and the success that he's having. And you uh, had a hand in writing one of my absolute favorite, not just John Party songs, but favorite country songs of the last, I don't know how many years. It's uh, from his Write You a Song album, and it's called What I Can't Put Down. I love the lyrics in that song, the vibe. Everything about it is just, it's a crank it up to 11 kind of song.
1: You know, the funny thing about that song, and I'm a huge fan of that song too, and I, you know, if... If that song would have been on the California Sunrise record, I think it would have been a, a huge hit, a multi-week number one. I couldn't I just, believe
0: it never got released. I think it did get it released, did get, but it, 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 was it didn't go last,
1: anywhere. Yeah. It was the last single off that record, and I think it might have made it to 29 or something like that. But, mm-hmm. man, it, it it's, uh, to watch it live, and he still plays it today. And I know John's always said, man, I'll always play that song in my live show, because it's one of his favorite songs, and it's one of his fans' favorite songs too. Um, but uh, actually, that was a title that that Bart Butler had, and and uh, Bart, uh, I don't, I think at this time maybe he hadn't had very many cuts, and and uh, um, he actually wanted to write that song with me, that title with me, because he wanted a Gary Allen cut, and that's the truth. Hmm. Uh, we started that song because Gary had been good to me and I'd had a couple hits on him and, and cuts and, and, uh, Gary was going, going into cut again. He's coming around for a record and Bart was wanting to write that title as a Gary Allen thing. And that's the way we started it. He and I together, uh, at a different melody and, and the whole deal, uh, and had written a couple of those verses and, and, uh, John, uh, cause Bart was working with John at that time. He, Bart had told him that we were working on that song and he freaked out about the title and, uh, and some of the lyrics and stuff. And, and John took it upon himself to, to come up with that melody because oh, really? he wanted to be on that song that bad. Yeah, that's the truth. Huh. He wanted to be on that. He wanted to be a part of that song, uh, cause he loved the title and loved where the lyrics and stuff were headed. And, uh, and he came in with that, uh, Wanted to finish and asked Bart to ask me if if he could, you know, if we could finish it together because he loved it. And I, you know, and I said, sure, man, you know, uh, whatever. You know, I know John's cutting a record and heck yeah, I'd love to be a part of it. And so John came in and actually played the melody of kind of what he was hearing with the title and that kind of thing and then we rent, we went and finished the song uh for john i knew the first time should have been the last time i ever let the whiskey touch my lips cause the devil wears black and he goes by jack and he's really good at helping me forget Mm. and i'm a huge fan of that song too i love that song and i love john's performance and i'm thankful that he brought that melody and cared enough about hearing that title to, to just go man i you know i want to be a part of this i i love this kind of idea and i want it for myself and
0: Can't put, can't put, See, and that's a, you're, what you're talking about now is another thing that all three other uh, songwriters that I've talked to have, have uh, mentioned, and that is, as a writer, uh, you got to have some flexibility. you got to be able to you know, recognize when something comes along that might shift the shape of your song a little bit, but, but roll with it because you recognize that that might be the way the song is supposed to go.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, in that particular case, John, you know, I believed in John from the first time I met him, uh, I was introduced to him by Bart and, uh, I thought, man, this guy is, uh, has got so much energy and so much drive. And then when I got to see him play live, um, I remember he, he, uh, I remember the thing I think that really you know kind of pushed me over the top is he was playing acoustic and kind of threw in a little band together and they were playing a, uh, a place there in town. And then he went over and picked up a Telecaster and started playing it. And I remember looking at him going, boy, you're a star. I mean, when he put that thing on and wore it and sang and played, I thought, yeah, man, there's no doubt, John Party's a star. So when he, you know, felt that, confident about wanting to be a part of that song and really knew that idea was for him, I think, you know, in my mind was like, heck yeah, man, tell him to come on. I mean, you know, uh, because I think anybody will tell you today in our world today, you know, if you're, if you're writing a song and the artist is a part of it, you stand that much better of a chance of getting it cut and being, a, being on the record uh, than trying to write something, you know, just on your own and, and, and pitching it i mean not that it doesn't happen because it does but you know your percentages rise when when you write it with the artist and they have an opportunity to kind of uh you know mold it to their style and and what they want to do uh you know if they're songwriters and uh you know knows what he wants to do and i and i can be the first one to tell you when it comes to john party you sit down with him in a room. He knows exactly what he wants, and he knows exactly what he don't want. Because man, if you you know, um, you don't have to worry when you write with him to think, well, I wonder if he likes it or I wonder if he. Um, man, John will tell you, and then you know he'll pick that guitar up and, and go to work with you.
0: And you hit number one with him on Honoric on a dance floor.
1: jumped on the bus that night singing, Where she at, where she at, where she at tonight. I mean he was playing that little riff and he goes, man, I don't know what this is but we make something out of this and I was like, oh my gosh, man, if we don't mess this up, we're gonna write a hit song. And we did. I mean, we wrote that song, and then right behind it, that that same day, uh, we wrote "Heartache on the Dance Floor, and we wrote All Time High right behind. It. Those two songs that are both on the California Sunrise record, we wrote together on that trip, I think 2014, maybe. Yeah, you're my midnight trip right. Yeah, you're stronger than moonshine My backwoods homegrown, baby, you're so fine Girl, I want to roll you up and smoke ya yeah. Wow, those so are great good. stories! I love them! <laughs> <laughs> well, those those it's just the awesome. truth, man. I mean, that, that's kind of the way it happened. And I think maybe we wrote like five songs on that trip, but those two, especially, I do remember writing them back to back. baby, you my all time Like I said, I, I you know Tom it, it, you know, you gotta show up and you gotta be there. But um man, I'm a true believer and uh man, God blesses us at the times when he knows we need it and, and uh you know, it isn't every day that you sit down and write a hit. It's every day you show up and go to work and there's certain days that he you know, he kinda he kinda sprinkles a little special dust on there or, or kinda finishes it out the way it's supposed to where where it works and Man, I, I just, you know, as a writer, I think uh, from my personal uh, experience and what I do, um, you know, I do my best to show up and matter every day. And, and and I can guarantee you the other three guys you've you've had on this podcast, they'll say the same thing, man, because I know those boys and I know how hard they work at it. And I know how hard they worked at it through their careers. You know, it's uh, a lot of people say, you know, songwriting, you know, I have people have asked me through the years, they're like, man, what do you do for a living? I said, well, I'm a songwriter. They go, yeah, but what do you do for a living? <laughs> I said, man, I'm a songwriter. It's a job. And uh, it is a job. I mean, I come from a family, man, that worked hard. My dad worked us really hard as kids, man. We grew a lot of tobacco and hay. And, and man, I, I can tell you firsthand, I know what it's like to, to put in a day's hard work, several days. And I will say this, at the time, I can't say I enjoyed every day of that hot sun and tobacco patch and everything that we had to work in growing up, but what it did for me is it uh, taught me the value of working and gave me a work ethic that, that I feel like I have continued to you know stay after and turn right into being a songwriter I, I don't uh quit just because it's oh man you know i'm tired or whatever you know you keep hashing it out and hopefully you know the lines come but man a lot of that's got to do with just knowing how to how to work man and and being willing to get in there and and do the work to achieve the success
0: well bryce long Thank you very much for sharing your story today. Continued success. We really appreciate you taking time.
1: Well, Tom, thank you, man, for doing this. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope there's a lot of writers and and people out there that kind of get something from it. Uh, You know, like I said before, I'm a fan of the other guys that have done this. And and I know you've gotten a lot of great information and for you to put it together and try to get it out. You know, uh, when I was young and learning, I would have loved to have the opportunity to you know, to be able to sit and listen to a podcast like this and get some information and kind of stories of, of what it's like to do what we do.
0: And that will do it for this month's edition of Write You a Song. Thanks again to Bryce Long for being our special guest. If you'd like to find out more about Bryce, he's got a great website, just com. Write You a Song is a production of Bonneville Communications International and New Country 105.1 KNCI in Sacramento, California, USA. If you like this podcast, take a moment and rate it, share it. Let's keep giving songwriters their due, because without them, what would we have to listen to? Join us next month on Write You a Song when our guest is the guy who wrote these. Jesus, take the wheel, take it from my hand.
1: Over the water everything
0: gets hotter when the sun goes
1: down
0: yeah and that's just scratching the service Brett James will join us next time on write you a song.